Hello, Saban. Hello, Dan. So this week I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll pose it to you straight away, okay. and then we'll go into it. So the first bit of it is: Are we de-evolving? So are we reverse evolving because we're? Oh wait, I'll just leave it there. Are we reverse evolving? As an evolution-wise. Yes. What exactly do you mean by de-evolving? So up to up until the most recent period of human existence. So if we call it uh, maybe a period of a few hundreds of thousands of years where um, you're able to like make a clear link between us and the like Neanderthals and all of the other homo whatever um, <laughs> ones. Um, up to this point, we haven't controlled the environment we put ourselves in in order to evolve in a certain way. We've just evolved, right? And so I remember reading recently, yeah, like Neanderthals were bigger than us. They had bigger brains, but they didn't survive for a few reasons. One was they weren't as social as us. They didn't develop language. Um, they, Because they were bigger, they were able to hunt more close up to the animals. And we, Homo sapiens, had to develop long distance, like spears and things to kill. And that made us better at like, um, killing larger prey. And basically, uh, we, we didn't control any of those factors. We just ended up how we are now. Mm. But in a very short period of time, the environment we're living in has changed drastically. And we don't, a lot of the things that make us a mammal, you know, mm. have been removed from our lives. For example, the amount we exercise, having to run, climb, all of those things. We, I, we never do that now. Like, I'm a pathetic excuse of a mammal, for sure. And it's all because <laughs> of our intelligence, isn't it? You know, every decision we make is to make our lives easier, in a sense, as a species. And it, it's, it's good, but we've put ourselves in an environment where I wonder, over time, are we going to start de-evolving because you can't evolution is inevitable mm-hmm. in that you you can't stop it from happening unless you completely maintain the environment you're in i imagine then you'd stop evolving really say yeah say for millions of years the environment you were in just didn't change and it was the same population size and everything for some reason you found the perfect balance i guess then you've completed evolution it's Thanos's dream it's Thanos's dream so like all, all the animals in your environment everything's the exact same then maybe but we all know, obviously, that's never going to happen. We we can't control the fact that we're going to keep evolving. And yeah, if we if we, it's on a scale which is kind of ridiculous to think about because f- to reach the point where we've actually properly de-evolved, it would take probably tens of thousands of years to have a noticeable difference. But is it ha- is that going to happen? First of all, and secondly, the follow-on question is: Would it be would it not be arguable that? We could control deliberately the environment we're in to control how we evolve and stop things like that happening. Yeah, I know you're going to have a few examples probably to come up with um, back at that, but I'll leave it there. Um, What Mm. do you think? So do you think we're de-evolving? And if yes, do you think we should start thinking about how we control our environment? And yeah. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if the term de-evolving is correct, because isn't that just evolving in the first place? Yeah, you're right. But I, I get what you mean in the fact that we will just become more primitive animals or something. No longer no longer evolving physically in the most ideal way possible. I don't know. But the most ideal way possible is to that which suits the environment. You're, you're exactly right. But in that, not, it's not the most ideal way possible for our true health and survival, probably. Oh, unless, oh, um, but unless, we're adding in intelligence. It's such a weird parameter to add in. <laughs> yeah. What other animal? Because if you just, we determine, yeah. we base everything off of our intelligence now. So like our quality of life, our survival and stuff. The problem is our intelligence can offset all of the other factors. And I'm saying, should we still keep our respect for evolution at the very top? Mm, that is a very good question. I personally, hmm, it's not so... Okay, I don't think... It's so much about for making sure that we still keep evolving physically in certain ways that we want it to, but at least kind of making sure the environment that we're in, because we are creatures that control the environment, you know, at least in the Western world and stuff, where we have access to the technology and stuff to just control every aspect of our environment down to the temperature of our houses and stuff. In that kind of sense, we should use it to at least just sustain the environment that is optimal for our bodies, because... You, you can make drastic change like we have in terms of, say, we, we're we always in light, right? 24-7 because of the light bulb yes. and LEDs and stuff. So we're always in light. And that's not how we are designed to work, right? So we could, we've made that drastic change and now we can just keep it and then hope that we evolve to always be in light 
or we can just use our technology and intelligence to just influence our environment in a way that is in the way that's ideal for us in the way we were initially evolved to work in does that make sense so you're saying that sort of let our bodies adapt to the new environments that we make and that rely on the fact that our bodies are clever enough to naturally adapt to them no i'm saying the other way around where our bodies cannot adapt to the sudden new changes so we control our environment to make sure that we keep it so we're basically trying to essentially prevent evolution any further because say we're at a certain point in terms of say at the way our circadian rhythms and signals work now we just make sure our environment is in tune with that and just supports it and keeps it going right rather than having this massive change because this massive change will take still tens of thousands of years to adapt to so you're saying like switch off your argument would be to switch off switch off the lights at night like switch off the lights at night um but then you're but we will keep evolving either way because it's inevitable you can't remove every single uh, factor you know and i think but the the thing is we just keep living longer because of healthcare and stuff. Mm. So, and people say who aren't well adapted to certain aspects of our new artificial environment will just still survive and then pass on those genes that still aren't so good. That's true. It's, it's really weird. Like the fact that we control our selection pressures now. Ex- that, I, that's exactly it's it. Really so weird. I think a good example is the one of um, C-sections and yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. I, I don't know the exact figures and how accurate they are, but anyway, in general, more women with slimmer hip profiles are surviving, right? And they're becoming more apparent within the population. I'm just trying to say this without sounding weird. <laughs> um, so the reason, or part part of the reason for that is because we're essentially allowing women who would who have say natural naturally slimmer hips that aren't so ideal for giving Childbirth, birth, yeah. yeah they would survive childbirth because they can have a C-section. Yes. And then now they've essentially passed on those genes if it's a daughter to have those genes, right? Or, and then I suppose if it's a male and then gives it down to an, another generation daughter. But yeah, so now women with similar hips are just, they can survive giving childbirth. Whereas initially what would happen is, you know, both the mother and child would die during childbirth and that will kind of end that in terms of that yes. selection pressure. Yeah, sure. So now, yeah, more and more people are just going to have C-sections eventually. So, so things stuff. that would give us survival advantages now uh, we're Does, not going to yeah, yeah, we're not going anything. to take advantage of those because we're not going to keep evolving in that regard so like uh again it's 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 arguably a weird example but to be honest it kind of illustrates it well as well if you the the if having a wider hip profile predisposes uh like human beings to better survival now we're removing that slightly by having c-sections because the average hip profile will now be it, reduced it doesn't really matter too yes, much yeah it doesn't matter as much and then is that but then they're not being selected out. Yeah. So it, is there going to be evolution? So in that sense? Are we, are and, and we, if you're going to follow like classical theories. And of, that's what I mean by like we're, we're affecting the natural progression of evolution because we've become so advanced in such a short period of time as well. That mm. I also think that the rate of it will be much quicker. Because the other thing is, yes, evolution, we, we can show that it happened over a very long period of time. So before we were talking about an evolutionary cycle, for example, mm. which is a very crazy arbitrary yeah. it's basically my this is the the dan redfern <laughs> definition of an evolutionary cycle it's just you've you've evolved enough so that if you stick two things that were that initially part of the same line together you can there's a tangible difference right so say yeah you versus the the first homo sapiens you're considered part of the same species but if yeah if i look at you and then uh, your great grandfather from like eighty thousand years ago could i tell a difference Yes, I probably could. They, that's really? what From 80,000 years ago? I don't think there'd be much difference. The only difference I would say that would be apparent is that of the jaw and the facial structure. Apart mm-hmm. from that, I don't think any other one would happen. Because I think... When I say it, by the way, I mean like if you put them next to each other, if I could discern between you. Like if I... I'm talking about the, the shape of the nasal bone and the... Um, jaw, the jaw profile and things like that. I think even at that point, those differences would be discernible. They're still currently different between the species as a whole. Say mm. people of African origin have different facial structures from those from like Europe and stuff. Yeah, that's true. So, Wow. I wonder whether 80,000 years ago... Well, when were like the first records of humans? Like what, 500,000 years ago or something? Homo sapiens. Yeah. Yeah, so I've just looked it up to make sure we get the dates right. So... 
Homo sapiens first came about around 200 to 300,000 years ago. And they only developed a capacity for language about 50,000 years ago. That's insane. That's incredible. Imagine <laughs> the brain. Imagine how different the brain worked then back, uh, back like, you know, 70, 80,000 years ago. The first modern humans began moving outside of Africa, starting about 70,000 to 100,000 years ago. I remember watching um, some, some videos on it recently and reading a bit about it. And that, yeah, so you would have the Neanderthals living, I think they mainly lived in Europe, for example, and you'd have different people groups, different like... Um, I don't know what you call it. Is it was it the Homo genus? Is that genus it? or family? I I don't know. That's GCSE biology gone for me. Yeah, it's the home. It's the genus Homo. Yeah. yeah. So the Homo sapiens basically just paraded around and were just better at surviving than the other groups of people. I, I think as well there was a bottleneck, which is super interesting. Mm. There are only like ten thousand Homo sapiens at one point. They got super low and that's when they adapted to um, be able to fish and stuff because they had to think outside the box, you know, suddenly there were big yeah. pressures on them. So they had to think outside the box. But yeah, um, we were talking about evolutionary cycle. Where, yeah. Uh, can't remember. What, <laughs> we went way off. Yeah. Basically, oh, I remember it now. It's the, it's the, um, the speed at which we're evolving. So um, for one evolutionary cycle to happen... Maybe I was wrong with the uh, 80,000 years. Or I don't know how long it would be, but basically I'm saying that um, that's also dependent on the rate of change because the the rate of the environment changing determines the rate at which the the person is changing as well or the, the species. Because, yeah, say say suddenly there's loads of selection. But like, like, for example, another another example I read about recently, humans evolved, Homo sapiens started to evolve quickly when, um, or... or groups of species from the homo genus started changing quickly when the uh, geography of africa started to change because beforehand there was much less desert and much more forest mm. as that started to be reduced they had to be better at adapting to surviving on the floor as opposed to surviving in trees that drove their change and so now the environment we're living in is so different so drastically different i think we will change more quickly as well we will evolve more quickly as a result so just because in the past things took tens of thousands of years to have a discernible difference, the Dan Redfern one unit of uh, of change, <laughs> I think that that period of time is going to go down as the environment changes, basically, because things were changing so slowly back then, weren't they? I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure of it. You know, like the 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 nature of human life from yeah fifty to forty thousand years ago, forty to thirty thousand years ago, and so on was not very different, as far as I understand it. Whereas you look in the last three or four thousand years, Homo sapiens have popped off. And that's probably where the changes start to get very quick. And now we've got stuff like, which we'll probably talk about in a minute, we've got shoes and stuff. Those changes will probably affect our feet and affect our gait quite quickly compared to, yeah, what would have been the case a long time ago. Do, do, you, do you think I'm, I might be wrong, obviously. Yeah. I don't know. But okay, I think the shoes is a good example because we've had shoes for a very long time. I don't know when the first record of a shoe was. I was reading a book that was kind of talking about it i think no it wasn't a book i was watching a video i'm like mixing my sources of media now um yeah the first kind of so obviously everything before the first shoe was just barefoot whether it's mm. walking around the forest or deserts or whatever barefoot then obviously it is still taxing on the foot they would have developed you know thicker skin harder skin on the foot and stuff just from the stimulus of just hard surfaces and stuff but you would still get cuts and everything. So developing some kind of shoe, anything, even if it was at the first one, just like, you know, a bunch of leaves wrapped around your foot, that would provide some kind of protection. So that's initially what it all was. It was just a piece of protection. And then it probably developed to just very thin layers of, you know, I don't know what kind of material. Vine or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just put on the sole of your foot so that you wouldn't get cuts. But otherwise everything was still very natural about the foot and the fact that it was still very hard and you still had to use the foot in the way it was designed to be used in the way that, um, you know, you'd have more of a midfoot strike. Your, the arch of your foot was very developed in terms of the muscles, which would allow it to act like a spring in terms of when you're, especially when you're running and stuff. Yeah. And then it kind of came to, I, I don't know what year, but basically when horses started coming around and as a big mode of transport and then, well, not so much horses, more about the stirrups on horses. Mm. Is that what they called the thing yes. for your feet in? Yeah. Then they made shoes that were very, the classic, you know, formal smart shoes that we see today, where they're very pointed and thin at the front. I'm assuming because people who had those stirrups on their horses when they were first coming around were those of, you know, higher class and stuff. So it's probably just kind of continued in tradition where your very smart formal shoes have still have those very pointed style. Mm. 
And they also had a heel to also help lock the foot into the stirrup as well with that ridge to, to so it wouldn't like fall out and you can like force mm. it in and keep it there. So that's what it was initially designed for. So yeah, the point to allow it to go in and then the heel to let it slot in. But then that has implications on the way we walk because it's changed essentially the surface. One, we're on a slight elevation. So we're going to hit our heel first. Mm. And that's not how we walk or move in, in a normal way. And the other thing is, is compressing our foot, especially the front of our foot. The front of our foot, i.e. the toes and stuff, is meant to be the widest part of our foot. So if you look at any baby's foot, it's actually the widest part of their foot because that's the normal thing to happen. But if you look at adults' feet, they're either like in line or you get that classic kind of like, you know, the bunion and stuff where mm. it's like pushing the toe inward. And that's because of just compressed feet. You see it a lot in um, women more so because of like heel, high heel shoes, which are very thin, mm. really cramp the toes down. But you see a lot of businessmen and stuff with it as well because they wear those kind of shoes. Whereas people who have more, say, casual, you know, jobs where they don't wear those kind of shoes won't have as much as, as an issue if they're wearing trainers most of the time. But yeah, so that's one thing. Your feet are getting cramped in. So now, so your big toe is very important in the fact that it gives you a lot of stability because it's a very strong, like, toe, basically. And now when you cramp it in, you lose a lot of stability because your big toe is meant to be separated from the other toes. Um, but a lot of people don't really have a gap between their big toe and their next toe, whatever it's called, the, the, the second toe. Um so yeah, you lose a lot of stability and then anything that happens down in the chain will end up going up the chain. So you lose stability in your foot and stuff. So that's going to go into your ankle. Mm. And then because your ankle is going to be slightly compromised, that's then going to go up to your knees. Now you get knee problems. Now you've got knee problems or issues and pain. So now you're going to walk slightly differently, like even further. Now that's going to affect your hip because now you aren't engaging the muscles in the right way. Right. And then that goes to your back. So it just goes up the chain and now everyone has back problems these days. But that's why we're talking about yeah, like should should that be something that we control? Like deliberately not wearing shoes or, you know, wearing a different type of shoe, which is, yeah, more natural for your feet to stop your feet from, as ridiculous as it sounds, using that word we used before, de-evolving and sort of like continuing to change because it's constantly changing based on its environment. Now yeah. feet don't have the same pressure to deliver the same job they used to. Do we, therefore, do we need them anymore in the same way? Should that be controlled? I don't know. I don't know if it works like that because... You, you would be born normal. This isn't a genetic thing. Yeah. But what about over the scale of... Uh, all of this is almost hypothetical because it's on such a ridiculous scale. Yeah. I do agree. You know, if you have grandchildren, their feet will be fine. Like if, they, if they're yeah. outdoors, they're going to be fine. But I'm talking... Uh, that, they'll be that, born with normal feet. They'll yeah, continue walking. And then as soon yeah. as they start wearing more and more shoes as they get older, as like, you know, children It will happen do. to them. But we're, we're, we're talking about, again, like with the C-section thing, those yeah. things are only going to be a palpable difference fairly far down the line. And with shoes, even more well, so. Then it's like epigenetics at that point. Does that, at what point does it start actually going That's the down? the next thing, yeah. <sighs> then they, because this is all so sticky. Because it's so <laughs> weird that we're doing this. Like, it's yeah. so weird. I, so I personally think that we should be controlling our environment to be as natural as possible in the way that our bodies are currently designed to work. Because it's about our own quality of life as well, right? I don't want to be like... 35 40 with back pains just because i was wearing you know shoes that are not ideal for the feet and then that you know went up the chain and i have like lower back problems all the time right it's the same with sitting down all the time we aren't really designed to sit in a chair all the time but we're always going to change our um, actions as well to give us a better survival advantage that's where it gets a bit morally weird because you yeah, so i'm not saying shoes are bad shoes are good to protect so you can get these like barefoot shoes where they kind of look like normal shoes but they're designed to actually be ideal for the foot so they'll be wider at the front because of aesthetics and stuff we like these slim shoes or you know very nice curvatures that are just aesthetic if you look at it from the top like it does look a bit weird just because you're not used to seeing a shoe with that shape but it's slightly wider at the front mm. to allow your feet to spread around and stuff and it's a flat sole very thin flat sole is sole purpose is to literally just make sure that that the stone you step on doesn't actually pierce your skin but you can actually feel that stone quite easily as well um i know obviously if the stone's big enough you will feel it in any shoe but there's no cushion really it's still very hard so you, your foot will have to like your toes will still have to like actually work and like properly press around if you're going over you know unstable terrain and stuff so you can get those kind of shoes where okay it still serves the the true purpose of a shoe and i suppose the more kind of socially acceptable thing where it'd look a bit odd if i just start walking barefoot around in the streets um so you you can get those so that's the kind of middle compromise where you're actually still allowing the full function of the foot in that sense 
but not kind of compromising like the other side. It's like, say, with LEDs and blue light and everything. Everyone pretty much knows about this whole thing with blue light and your circadian rhythm, where people will either, you know, not use tech, like LEDs and technology and stuff, or, you know, have special, specially colored lights in the evening and dimmed lights and stuff, or even turn off spotlights and use candle, not candle lights, or maybe lamps and stuff, because even whether the lights above us and below us actually makes a difference as well. Or people will wear blue light blocking glasses and stuff, because yeah okay maybe if we just kept doing it we will start evolving you know over tens mm. of thousands of years and become better at just adapting so maybe blue light isn't so much of a stimulus but then you know who knows what the next stimulus would be but and then we'd have to deal with that because we're probably messing that up as well but the thing is we can't control we can't adapt to it in our lifetime no so probably, our yeah, not quality enough. of life is going to drop massively if i get messed up feet and messed up knees and messed up back and then messed up sleeping patterns and i'm always tired and stuff yes i don't want to absolutely but i think we have to be careful not to be discussing two different things here because in terms of our like like managing our bodies and our dna because that's what we're living our lives based off Mm. we're slaves to it absolutely i agree we need to optimize our lives based off of our biology just how we are so yeah what we're talking about feet or how our mind works with light at night times circadian rhythms we need to adapt ourselves to match that as best as possible to live the best most comfortable life because that's designed for our bodies but i'm thinking on like a ridiculous scale like a hi- to the point where it has to be hypothetical because you can't you can't act for on behalf of fifty thousand years in the future yeah because yeah well, we probably won't be around. <laughs> probably yeah. gone to Mars by then. But like, um, I mean, we would have died a long time ago because we had to act for the moment. Yeah, I, I sadly I agree with you. But yeah, like, um, I'm saying if we do imagine that we were working on that scale, it is weird to think that, like, we're the only creatures that are self-aware, in the way that we are, right? Mm, yeah, and it's really weird. Um, I know I've said that a few times okay. already. Okay, so what you're basically saying is, should because we have the technological capacity and the intellectual capacity to actually control our environment whether we should be like okay what would be a particularly good trait to have and mold our environment to that keep a certain population within that environment so that they can develop that particular trait or something no i'm not saying definitely not saying no, we no, no do but that as in, in in the hypothetical as in that's how it would work essentially it's it's kind of like um oh by the way another thing is gene editing that's just ridiculous because then you are li- you literally are eliminating thousands and thousands of years of evolution dozens of thousands of years or adding yeah or adding yeah that that's where it gets crazy and that i think i really think we have to be so careful with that because it's unbelievable even what we're talking about now the fact we're self-aware my argument is that we're already doing that right we're already changing the environment we already change our diet for example unnaturally you can make decisions on what sort of diet you have you wouldn't, no other animal does that. They don't yeah, deliberately decide how their diet works. We do that. And yeah. it's, it's good because I know you've probably got, my <laughs> diet is, is the one the one topic to, to be careful around you with. But you have to agree that um, we already choose our diet based off of what we believe. No one agrees on it, obviously, <laughs> but based off what we believe will be healthiest for us and give us the best survival advantage. We already do it all the time. The decisions we make, ultimately, most of them go towards like with lifestyle, our survival. So mm, I slightly disagree. I, I feel a lot of people these days is more about just gaining the most pleasure rather than, because that the way our systems are designed mm. is that we find things that enhance our survival to be pleasurable, right? So that's basically just short circuiting it, short short circuiting. Yeah, with all these like. But in terms of like when we think about it, I'm saying like when when you if someone like reads into it and they decide, oh, I want to live a really healthy lifestyle, and they they really give it a go, they will end up living their lifestyle in a deliberate way, right? Yeah. To do what they perceive is healthy, and ultimately, so that when usually I'm guessing it's because you know when they get older they want to be healthy, they don't want to be all sore and like yeah. unhealthy and, and live a long time when obviously I, yeah a, a large health a long health span yeah. yes so you're deliberately controlling how you live and what i'm saying is yeah we're therefore we're already kind of controlling how we evolve in a way in a way are, are we i don't know if it's evolution because no one's deliberately no one's doing it deliberately no one's doing it deliberately but that is it's altering the natural course of it in I, a way i think it's just a conflict of time scales in my head where it's like yes i can't see how certain dietary things that i do or the fact that, you know, I like sleeping on the floor and yeah. stuff because it's just more natural and stuff. But I can't see how that would be evolving certain things in the future because this well, is, is ridiculous I, I suppose a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is trying to go backwards in time and yeah. trying to, because I want to utilize the body in the way it's been evolved and stuff like the way. And it's I agree with you, ideal. by the way. I agree with you. On, in that regard, I agree with you. Uh, like, you know a lot more about but it then than if, me. Okay. Say if we 
and I also I want to quickly say I want to in, like um interject that I I don't want you to think that I'm saying we should control how we evolve. That's a whole other topic. Yeah, I'm not saying. I'm but not I'm saying we should ever bear that in mind because I, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know if it is possible, and I think also it's that's a, a, a genuinely ridiculous way to live because it's so like far away. You know, it's just not the scale that we should be living on. So mm. yeah, I, I'm just saying, arguably, those decisions we do make do ultimately on a very large scale. If you decided to go completely vegetarian, which would be, I would, I'd be surprised if you went completely vegetarian. Yeah. But if you did. And then, you know, you had your line of family for, for tens of thousands of years who were all vegetarian. No doubt your body would adapt to that, right? It would just evolve. It's just like how our GI tracts have evolved from the way we've eaten for tens of thousands of years. We're eating raw meat, blah, 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 affecting our biome, affecting the length of our intestines, blah, 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 blah. Like the jaw muscles. Yeah, it will just, it will just have an effect. Okay, yeah, to be fair, we do have this. I, I guess it comes down to like ancestries and, and stuff. So we do have that sense of evolution where some people just can't deal with spicy food or some of the stuff that's well, not, not like spicy food in terms of the taste and stuff, but I'm talking about like gut issues, say with some of the spices that are used, they just, their gut doesn't deal with it nicely. Whereas say for me, it like, you know, it's fine. It's just second nature to me because of ancestry in terms of just eating all of that type of food over thousands of years or whatever. Where... I thought you were just calling me out for being a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, but basically I, I remember hearing a story about this family of farmers where they've just been farmers their whole life and just potato farm right? And obviously there's a lot of fiber and stuff in a potato that is just indigestible. Whereas, so if I eat a potato, I get a lot coming out mm. at the other end because I can't digest a lot of it. But those f family of potato farmers over thousands of years have just developed the biome and stuff that they would just completely like absorb everything. And basically nothing would come out. They would just digest it perfectly. So that's a sense of like evolution, I suppose, mm. in, in that sense where there is that splitting in different populations yeah. because of different environments. So yeah, that happens. But I'd say it's that used to happen. And obviously that was kind of changing quite quickly. But I don't know if that's, at least in the Western world, I, I don't really ever see anything like that happening again because everything's yes, just... Yes, of course, because everyone's mixed to the point where, yeah, yeah you, you we, yeah, we're, we're moving to, we're moving closer as a species. I think mm. we will stop. Is it called speciation? No idea. I think it's called speciation where, where two species separate. I think that's not going to happen ever again with Homo sapiens at this point, as we know it, in the world as we know it. Like, yeah, who knows? Maybe the world will end at some point. Maybe some pandemic. Um, oh, a more aggressive COVID. <laughs> um, but the deadly variant. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 95% mortality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm locking down this time. But, um, yeah, like, um, uh, I do agree. We're, we're all mixing to the point where, like, we're, we're going to stop even seeing those examples uh, yeah. of, of, like, we will... Yeah, I think that will stop happening, which is really unnatural as well. Like the but fact the that thing you can is, span okay, the whole world now. Yeah. How are you gonna? You oh my gosh, you you you. Oh, that's crazy. Because if you had a group of people living purely in in the rainforest in Papua New Guinea, mm. and another group of people living in in the deserts in Arizona in mm. America, and you just left those hundred thousand people in both environments, and they never left them, they would develop. Yeah, in a hundred thousand years, they would be different. That will not happen anymore because we are adapted to cities kind of now and stuff like that. Yeah, but everything's mixed and everything's imported. All, everything's all, the same. We're just of. exposed to every, everything. You, you will live of. the same life in Arizona as you would in Papua New Guinea. Well, maybe not Papua New Guinea in certain parts, but like, yeah, living in Australia and, and living in, yeah, like a, a super tropical environment. Mm. But then, okay, so say going back to that potato farmer family, right? How many generations would it take for that to, you know, those, say, genes that develop a certain biome, microbiome, or that pertain to a particular microbiome or whatever, or whatever it is within their biology mm. that allows them to digest potatoes so well yeah how long would it take for them to lose that feature say I, if you know they like someone not from that farm marries into that family ha has children so now that first child is mm, mm. you know 50 50 i suppose in the genetics yeah i i don't i suppose it could just go in one generation entirely yeah i think it obviously it will depend on the genes involved and like it, different characteristics will matter massively but on, on something like that i don't imagine it would take a terribly long time and but then is, is that actually like evolution in the classical sense of the term? Kind of, because it, the survival advantages are changing. That's not really required anymore. Mm. Like, um, But then would you count that as evolving? Mm, I see evolving as removing, con constantly removing certain features which are not giving you a survival advantage. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's not meant to be a conscious thing, obviously. So yeah, whether that be opposable thumbs so you can hold things in a certain way. Oh. I love or, my opposable thumb. I love mine as well. <laughs> I don't love my opposable big toe though. 
<laughs> we should rather sort that one out. So yeah. you, you're basically an ape. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm very clever. I'm very clever bonobo. But um, yeah, like I'm... Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Basically, um, there is a second part to this episode, unfortunately. Man, it, I can't stop laughing the, the, Yeah, you just never noticed. I just have opposable toes. <laughs> Not good. You'd probably see me quite differently. I just see your big toe just whip around. Yeah, you'd be shocked. I think you'd also be kind of impressed. Yeah. yeah I'd also be kind of grossed out as well. I don't like. But that might give me a survival advantage, you know. No, I don't think If you were going to start living in a tree or yeah, something. Yeah, crazy no survival advantage. <laughs> no, that would die out, yeah. actually. Because I was, I was excited yeah, then. Yeah, as in no shoes are designed for your foot then. So yeah. You, How yeah. did I get this far? Tucked it in. <laughs> I thought everyone had it. Just tuck it in, like yeah. under your foot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, anyway, but, um, but yeah, the second part of this okay yeah so so uh, one final point on that is that we're, we're kind of an amalgamation of at this point because you're um oh it's really weird it's really weird to think about yeah because we are gonna sort of amalgamate into one like lump of traits because mm -hmm. humans from around the world now you know yeah five, even five thousand years ago you have people in china millions of people in china who who, who would only have adapted to that environment and then yeah you'd have people in sub-saharan africa who are only adapted to those environments yeah there's now, a lot more mixed race people. the nature is ridiculous yeah. now the nature is it's crazy in a number of generations now you're going to end up with a lot of people in city environments being mixed from a number of different backgrounds so yeah that's a whole other topic but again it's an example of how things are being accelerated the changes that are being made are happening so quickly now that arguably there will be full evolutionary changes in a much shorter period of time. Still, I still think tens of thousands of years. Give, give an example of like a full evolutionary change. Um, a full, oh, it's hard to come up with one because you don't really. So one thing that I might have in my mind is we'd have less teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a really good one, actually. I think looking back is the easiest way to yeah. come up with an answer because look at an evolutionary change we've made. Because we that's currently a huge problem, right? Because yes. yeah. before our jaws were a lot bigger to accommodate the number yeah. and the size of the teeth that we have in terms of adult teeth. Yes. Whereas these days, all kids and ad loads of adults as well have crooked teeth. Yes. And I mean, braces kind of worsen the problem because they kind of cramp them in yeah. and try and push them in and stuff. But um, in fact, you need to spread out your jaw because your jaw is essentially too small and too cramped for all of the teeth there. And the reason for that is because we've start well, over however many like you know maybe i'd say what two thousand three thousand years or something mm. we've started eating a lot more softer food especially over the last 200 years yes much softer processed food so we don't actually have to chew and swallow in the proper way to actually you know ingest food and the shape so, of our mandible changes yeah because yeah the the pressures from our tongue and our jaw muscles our, or our muscles of mastication those would apply the stresses to pull the jaw and develop the jaw in a certain way. And then that would then in turn affect your breathing. So if you just eat mushy food all the time, very soft processed food that you can just swallow easily, your jaw doesn't expand out because when your tongue doesn't develop properly and neither do your jaw muscles, so it's all underdeveloped and it doesn't expand out. So your teeth become very cramped. And then it, it's kind of like a positive feedback loop, mm. but not in a good way to yeah. the point where your that, that then affects your nasal cavity development and stuff. Yes. So then you start mouth breathing. So then that weakens your tongue even more and you don't apply the opposing force because your bones of your face naturally want to go inwards and just cramp yes. up, but your tongue pushes it out. That's pretty much the only opposing factor. Um, and even when you're older, there's, you know, a decent body of literature that shows that say you're like, you know, 30 or whatever, 25 years old, you can still start using proper tongue posture and breathing, you know, protocols to like basic nasal breathing to actually restructure how your face looks and like, you know, redefine your cheekbones by pushing them out, like your maxillary bones and widening your jaw to allow it to accommodate just bigger space because your muscles are now applying those stresses that are required for that stimulus for your jaw bones and stuff to grow. So we don't have that stimulus anymore. So that's why pretty much everyone these days just has some kind of crooked teeth or cramped teeth. Like we're taking wisdom teeth out all the time because it's super painful, probably because our jaws just aren't big enough anymore. So it's a good example. Yeah. I think we can use it. Like we could use that as an example of an evolutionary change that would be notable. Like we can define it as, yeah, 
everyone's jaw is a different shape by this point. So we, we can look back and say, in, or, or look forward and say, maybe in... I, I wouldn't say the jaw is a different shape. I'd say because the main problem is the teeth, right? That leaves the crooked teeth. We mm -hmm. have too many, essentially, for the, the, size, the size of our jaw. So yeah, we'd maybe lose a couple of teeth from the back or something. Okay, that makes or, sense. Or, or, I don't so you know. don't think the jaw will change? Mm, as in, yeah, as in it would become smaller. But then to accommodate that, you'd have less teeth. Okay, so we'll Otherwise, it would always be a problem. So we'd lose teeth, which would allow for the smaller jaw. But I then, don't think it'll take that long. If we have a smaller jaw and stuff, and if that problem continues of having just poor tongue posture and everything, our nasal like passages and stuff is still going to be messed up. So you're going to be a chronic like mouth breather and that's just it comes with this whole host of issues so then we'll develop a different nasal breathing yeah. system or something i don't know i yeah okay it's you know technically possible I think it, was, it would still be thousands of years still I, I mean, a few thousands of years like, i don't think it'll be a terribly long time though maybe i'm just chucking a number out here yeah i feel like yeah, five no to ten thousand years something um, like that I, i'd say like for changes to start seeing like actual substantial changes like you know humans now when they are born or whatever have less teeth right i think like twenty thousand years i'm just chucking a number up but i just can't okay. see it any shorter than that that's fair enough but the point is yeah we're, we're looking at like still an extremely long period of time so that's fine we've established that even a big change to our lifestyle eating soft food it will take a long time for that change to literally affect our dna and how we how how we grow up yeah but then i suppose that's just evolving and not de-evolving then but yeah that, that's just kind of like but my next question for you is about the sort of moral side of it a little bit because you could argue that this is all on if you're deliberately controlling your environment you're controlling how we evolve and that's a terrible thing to do in a way mm. if you look at uh, it's the same sort of thing with um eugenics and also with, with the idea that i think eugenics is a it is a bit of an extreme example to compare it to but obviously it's a terribly slippery slope because you could you're argue, you could be arguing based off of this that we should control our environment in a way to give us traits that are desirable in the future that would make us a better human being like a better homo sapien you know like you could argue oh it would be better if we evolved to be uh, stronger naturally or uh, for our gi tract to work in a certain way and that's a, that's obviously an extremely slippery slope because you you're leading it almost on the path of like eugenics where you believe that certain diseases should be eradicated and certain traits should be removed from the human species and and that's just a, a like a whole different problem in itself you know that that way of seeing how we're designed it's, it's, it's so weird the thing is something like that could only happen with some kind of weird regime that forces a certain amount of a population to, to undergo, do it to such an extreme degree yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah, have yeah, those I changes agree. over you know thousands of years yes which yeah just me controlling my environment to kind of suit my body like me as an individual i cannot you know change evolution or whatever it's change a population's traits from my individual actions that is, it's the most extreme example that i could think of but I'm just like, um, and I could be completely wrong. Yeah, probably. so the only way it could happen, I think, is literally through artificial purposes. Because you need a huge population to undergo the same environmental stress to then adapt and then allow it to actually come within the gene pool or, or whatever. Yes. So, yeah, unless it's actually forced upon people, which I just don't think will happen, mm -hmm. really. Be or at least it won't be able to happen for a, a long enough period for it to happen, I think. And... Again, this is all hypothetical. None of it, this, none of this is going to happen in practice. But it's like, the, I see it as three different levels. One, the the the, the, mo the least extreme would be, yeah, we we figure out that living in a certain way gives us a certain advantage, so everyone just starts living in that way. Whether that be eliminating a certain type of food from their diet or stop wearing shoes or whatever, you know, and that 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 could affect how we evolve. The second one is gene editing which immediately affects our DNA. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Affects the proteins we're expressing. And then it literally affects how our phenotype, you know? Yeah. And then the most extreme is kind of the combination of both, which is literally control, controlling like an animal, controlling how we breed, which is like, yeah, that's the most extreme way you could probably do it. Um, and it's not even scientific really. But they're all kind of the same thing in that, yeah, we're controlling how we evolve in all of those three things. They're affecting the natural progress, the process of evolution mm. and 
is that something that we should just stay away from? Is it possible to stay away from it? That's the question. I, I, I don't have an answer. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's more of a philosophical question at that point rather than a scientific one anyway. Um, but then we, we, but part of science, the point of science, Yeah. If, if you're saying no to all of that, you're kind of deliberately holding science back in a way like that should just be something we leave alone and stop exploring. But the point of science is knowledge or constantly questioning things and constantly advancing human understanding as much as you possibly can. And eventually, I I just wonder whether eventually we will reach a point where that does become a question, you know? Well, why don't we... Yeah, we are animals like everyone else, like, like not everyone else, but <laughs> we are animals like everything else uh, living on this earth. Yeah, plants, so the, the only way i see it being feasible is through gene editing right and yeah so then it's like oh, okay should we explore gene editing or not should we leave it alone i suppose no i think we should continue going down that avenue in terms of figuring out that stuff and become more comfortable with using it comfortable with using it as in like making it, yeah Better. accurate and everything yeah. yeah so yeah then it will come to the point where okay we're good enough that we can not just make germline changes that will be permanent for the next and then upcoming generations, but actually make somatic body-wide changes that I can just suddenly make myself like way more muscular or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think for the somatic, just I'm suddenly just going to make myself way more muscular type. That is going to be a very long way off if ever mm -hmm, possible. Mm -hmm. But germline is obviously, you know, sub, like relatively straightforward, if that makes sense. As in... <laughs> You know, it's doable, right? You, if you affect the germline cells, then it will continue on. Yes. So yeah. it's just a matter of how accurate can we be to actually get the outcome that we want. And yeah, I suppose that requires a certain level of experimentation. But yeah, obviously it's going to start off being used for medical uses, say like cystic fibrosis, yes. you know, single point mutation, just fix it. Yes, that would that, be the best insane, application. Insane, yeah, insane In the short term, yes. Yeah, but then it's obviously just going to keep going. And then we're yeah. like, huh, you know, we're at this point where we can just kind of Designer babies kind of thing. Yeah. What do you want to do? Like, yeah, exactly. And that yeah. will happen, obviously. Inevitable. I think at this point, from my understanding, that's almost inevitable. As long as the... It depends how the, it goes down. Like, yeah, it's probably inevitable, but how it goes down is like, is anyone's best guess, I suppose. I suppose so as well. But it, still, what especially if it's germline, it is affecting the natural course of evolution. Mm. Yeah. I know I keep going back to it, but... It is doing that, and and yeah. that's why maybe I'm wrong for seeing these things but on the same on the same side. Is the natural course of evolution to evolve us to be intelligent enough that we can then make changes to evolution? Say, like fixing someone with cystic fibrosis who would otherwise die before they could pass on that gene or something if it was really severe. Because that example was good. I yeah, thought, but I thought then most that's people a, can agree on that. Thing is, that has been natural evolution throughout the entire thing. Mm, no, because you could argue that disease is not a part of natural evolution. Mm. Uh, well, it was a random oh. mutation, you know, some, some certain things will provide a benefit in certain situations. Obviously, sometimes it's a bit messed up, say, with cystic fibrosis. Oh, I see what you mean. Like mutation is like trial and error. Yeah. Yeah, I see what and you mean. And sometimes it would produce a disease, sometimes, sometimes like sickle cell with malaria. malaria. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you mean. Actually, um, yeah. That one glue to me, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one valine. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I see what you mean in that regard. But then I suppose it's just human intervention in it. But then has this just been destiny all along in the fact that we would get to a point where we can just do this? It, so yeah. then it's still natural. Like we're I, not actually changing its path. We're changing like its, its path, but we're, we're, we now have slight control over it. I feel like there are two, arguably one, like steps that were overcome, which just made us crazy overpowered. Was language, obviously, because yeah. then you can accumulate thought. Because, yeah, I can accumulate the thought of thousands of people from thousands of years of history no, no, I, I don't think so much it's acute okay yeah accumulating but it's more about transmitting it in the first place because people could before i assume see and remember be like okay this bad this good yes. this danger but no one could tell you directly that this is good this is bad but it's also that you're accumulating that because every, yeah but the accumulation could already happen before just by pure observation but the thing was actually transmitting it, so you didn't have to observe it in the first place. I think it's like, um, okay, yeah, we're saying it from both ends, though, because yeah. I still think the, the the point is, like, you're able to accumulate it via the... Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I see what you mean, yeah. But the bottom line is, yeah, language is, is one of the huge steps. And the other huge step, which I think is innately tied to language, is the self-awareness, the fact that we have consciousness. That is just... I'll never be able to understand that. And the thing is, we're the only 
creatures that are self-aware in the way that we are as we understand it maybe it's this something like crab which is really <laughs> they really know themselves a lobster just the bottom of the sea but yeah being able to constantly explore that and learn from that really makes us so yeah different from everything else and it's just a factor that's and added into our natural evolution and you're right in saying in my opinion you're right in saying that oh arguably well we've evolved intelligence you have to factor that in to our evolution now mm. you can't just remove that and treat us like any other mammal yeah. we do have like that is a part of us and that's a physical part of us because mm. it's in our brains our brains are just different oh and then we built, we built different we built different <laughs> but then for some like dolphins that have bigger like there are many animals that have bigger brains than us but ours yeah, is but it's about, isn't it about more about the density of neural like neurons and stuff rather than just size i reckon it's yeah i, I imagine it and this is where we, we just need to bring someone else on because yeah. I'm just clutching at straws here. But I also think it must be the yeah the arrangement of it as well. Yeah, because I, well, I suppose no one actually knows what def like creates consciousness because we don't have the most neurons. Yeah, we don't. So yeah, I'm just I'm just looking it up on the best source, which is Wikipedia. It's saying oh no, it's saying that that the African elephant has the most neurons. But it's also is that within the brain? No, I don't. No, it's the whole nervous system. But then it's saying that humans have the most synapses. So, oh, I yeah. see. But, but then a cat is quite close. I mean, cats are pretty smart. Yeah, either, either way, either <laughs> way. I, I imagine, yeah, it must just be a combination of uh, like the number of neurons we have and the arrangement of them as well. But whatever it is, we've crossed that line that no other animal seems to have crossed yet. And that is a huge factor in our evolution. And it kind of ties into the whole point of should we be using our intelligence as a part of our evolution to give us a better survival advantage. It's so unfair compared to all of the other animals in the world. Mm. We're just going to survive better than everyone else now because we are aware of what's making us survive. Whereas other, and then we have the technology to be able to just adapt oh, our environment. And it's ridiculous now. At mm. this point, it's ridiculous. The, the resources we have are just stupid. Mm. So yeah. And to think that, you know, it's just probably accelerating even faster. No one's going to win. No one else. No, okay, no. So oh. I, I think in terms of our individual roles, I think what we should be doing individually is just trying to live our most optimal life because that's yeah. kind of a responsibility we yeah. have upon ourselves. Agree. And then that actually goes on to others, say your children and your family and ev everything. Yeah. Because what you eat is probably what your children are going to eat so if you eat well your children will naturally eat well and have the propensity and just the tendency to eat well as they grow up and stuff because it's, what you eat is very hard to control it's yeah. in the environment we live in, in in these days so that plays a role so when people i mean it kind of comes to the point where people are like oh yeah i'll eat what i want and stuff because you know it's my body i can do what i want and stuff it doesn't affect anyone else it does affect other people because say if you, it damages your health in a certain way, say some kind of cardiovascular disease or whatever, let, say quite early, say you're six, 50, 60 years old, people around you are then going to have to care for you, right? Because now that's just directly affecting people, right? Or say if you just have any other kind of problem, right? People are going to have to care for you or it's going to go down onto your children or other people who are close to you because of just natural influences we're like an average or of our five closest people or whatever the saying is so just saying it's my body or i just want to do what i want to do it doesn't affect anyone else it always affects someone else so we should always be trying to optimize our body yes and well-being because that will then improve like our family and just the people around us as well yeah. their, their well-being within the realms of our capability obviously yeah. if, if like mental health and stuff it comes yeah. into it as well yeah exactly it's a, and obviously so obviously trying to like sleep you know at night and stuff if you if you have a night shift job that's always just night shifts yeah and you can't change it yeah i'm not saying like, oh you should be doing it oh my god you're such a bad human no obviously because your circumstances yeah. are just different but i'm saying if you have the capability and you're in the position where you can make adjustments to say sort out your sleeping or your food or mm. your the, the light in your house and, and the way it changes throughout the day even the temperature you sleep at that kind of stuff sleeping more on a hard surface like on the floor with a like you know soft padding and stuff or getting shoes that are slightly that have a barefoot nature to them that kind of stuff if you have the capability to have like whether it's monetary capability or just anything else in terms of time whatever I think you should be going out to try and optimize every aspect of your health because that's the best thing we have is good health, both yes. mental and physical. So the thing is, is that usually if you're in, if you are in good physical health, you're usually in good um, mental health. 
Um, not always, because you can always have, you know, you, you can lose a loved one and you can still be in the best shape of your life. That's still obviously going to be mm-hmm. very you know, mentally taxing. So, but, you know, it goes hand in hand, really. Um, and both ways as well. So mind helps your body as well. So we should always be trying to optimize it. And the best way to optimize it right now is by trying to make sure our environment suits our body's needs in the way it currently has evolved to mm. be. So, yeah, yeah, I suppose it's a nice kind of thinking task to think about, okay, what's the, how would this hypothetically change in the future? Or how can we hypothetically affect 50,000 years down the line? But I suppose, yeah, it's such a long time horizon. It's, that it's such just, a long time. Yeah, so we just don't think in those kind of time horizons. It's well, almost like know, a game. I suppose some people do, like Elon Musk, think about, oh yeah, we've got to get to the next galaxy and but stuff. Even though but, those are not like... <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, not 50,000 years. No, nothing really is because it's because it's almost absurd to be imagining what life would be like then because we just don't know. Things are so exponential now at yeah. the moment that, yeah, it's impossible to imagine. So I just want to clarify that one last time. Like, I don't, I, we shouldn't be taking any of this too seriously. It's just like a thought experiment almost. Like, what would happen if you started living in this way? Should it be something that we can even control in the first place? And yeah, we whatever happens, as long as the human, like, as long as homo sapiens don't die out, undoubtedly we will keep going. Undoubtedly our DNA will change a little bit by a little bit and yeah we will reach a point where one day we look back and, and say yeah the homo sapiens of like 2021 we're, we're just not the same as what we are now and yeah that would depend on the environment we live in anyway who knows uh, i'll leave wanna, it there on my end kind of want to live that long <laughs> yeah, <I want laughs> to, to, to see, see what, happens. what actually happens yeah, yeah. will you just keep evolving <laughs> with them or will you just stay the same yeah Oh man, that's that'd just, be really cool. That's a question anyway, of That's just another thought experiment. We'll do that for the epigenetics yeah. episode. Anyway, so if you enjoyed our waffle, somewhat waffle, oh, big waffle, it, it was we probably made waffle. some big mistakes throughout as well. Yeah. Like, so if you're like an what was it, an anthropologist? Anthropologist, yeah. yeah. That oh, we should get an anthropologist on. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Bring me on in twenty years' time. <laughs> All right, I'll quit medicine. <laughs> um, no, I'm joking. Yeah, but yeah, obviously we made some massive mistakes. I mean, yeah. we, we were just trying to be general. We weren't trying to say anything as fact anyway. The thing is, a lot of this has probably been already very much like thought into. Yeah, exactly. There were papers on it and stuff. So yeah, yeah. If, if anyone is listening to this who knows about it, even just to let us know, like for our own learning, it would be really interesting because we're, we're not trying to come across as experts here for sure. Yeah, just DM us or, you know, email us. We're just literally trying to learn and figure it or, out. So. Or if you leave like, um, if you... Or just, yeah, just leave it on Apple Store or on just, iTunes. When you see the stars, to if you just... Just, just put, hit five and then just type your comment and just yeah, type the information out. Do all out. the stars and yeah. then let us know. That's how we'll see it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's definitely the best way to get to us. Yeah, yeah. now no, I think about it. I agree. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much, Saban. Thank you, Dan. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Getting It. If you enjoyed this episode, or didn't, then feel free to leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcasts app, or on the Apple Podcasts website. We'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas, or questions about anything we discussed, so feel free to email us at thoughts at You can also reach us on Twitter or Instagram at gettingit underscore pod. You can find all the links in the show notes.